Welcome to the Final Score Network and the Final Score Podcast, presented by Team Anders Realtors. I'm Andy. He's soon to be former D3 student athlete and co-host. Giant jam, two-hand monster flush off the inbound. Brian Gam Slam Jam. Find us on Podbean, the Apple Podcast Store, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at the Final Score Thirty Five. Plenty of topics to run through this week, but before we get to it, a word from our presenting sponsor. Service from the heart to become your Realtors for Real Life is Team Anders Realtors' mission. Team Anders serves its clients in finding the home that best fits their needs and makes the process simple and fun along the way. Team Anders is a team of people who will be in close communication with you, personally taking care of your real estate needs through technology, marketing, and advertising. Team Anders has served thousands of clients over 30 plus years in the Grand Rapids, Michigan area and are here to serve you today. Learn more at teamanders.com. We've entered that time of the year when just about every sport is on the table. We're still mourning the end of March Madness, but we can dip our toe in the water of a lot of topics and today we do just that. The best to save for last is we bring in our second ever special guest to join us for an around the world spot. Will it be? What's the topic? You'll have to stick around to find out. That said, let's dive right in, shall we? Time to go to the podium. Ryan, the lectern is yours. I'm going to start uh, today by talking about how the NCAA is finally, finally ending the recruiting dead period on June 1st. Um, This dead period has gone on since COVID, uh, so recruits have not had the chance to finally, you know, get to go on campus and uh, coaches have not been able to go to the homes of these players, which has been tough for new coaching staff such as Michigan State um, and Mel Tucker and company uh, not being able to get in get in house and show what they're all about, show off their energy. I think this is going to help them tremendously uh, show off the culture more. And Michigan State has a lot of momentum right now um, recruiting, uh, whether it be in the portal or just out on high school. Um, and this look will continue with this. Um, I'm just excited for um, – for the recruits, they finally get to go through the real process. I mean, it's got to be so hard right now as a recruit, uh, not being able to go on campus. I mean, occasionally, I guess, people can unofficially, unofficially visit, but no official visits, um, no seeing the coaching staff in person. Uh, so that's really cool. Glad they're actually going to get to go through the process. And I think after this year um, that there's going to be more transfers than ever um, for this class, the class of 2021, because of, how many people didn't actually get to see campuses and just win off of a, off a good beat that they got, um, just a feeling. So happy that the recruiting dead period is going to end on June 1st, a couple months away yet, but still really, really excited about that for all recruits and program. Long overdue, as you probably could guess by the sentiment on this show week after week. So my take... Um, We've talked about this quite a bit, but a little different, I guess, today. Navigating the transfer portal. It's no secret. As I said, we've talked about the portal here a lot in the past. We'll talk about it today. Uh, I'm generally a fan. Uh, Ryan's a fan too, I know. But I think we need to put some parameters on it. It's getting a little ridiculous. Um, Here's why. By letting kids transfer multiple times, and we'll use the latest example, and this is not just to pick on him, but we'll pick on him anyway. Matt McClung at Texas Tech who, granted, is also exploring the NBA draft as a possibility, but would otherwise be on his third program in four years. 
We are absolutely tossing out any bastion of amateurism that still hangs by a thread when it comes to college sports. Why? Simple. The single most important and valuable benefit of playing a D1 sport is the free college education. We could argue NIL, getting paid, blah, blah, blah. Education is expensive. It sets you up for life and it's free. It's a huge benefit. When we let these kids make multiple moves, that goes out the window. There's no way that kid's graduating in four years. No way. I'm sorry. There's no way it's possible. Um, you know, how can we hold coaches accountable for making sure their players get degrees when we let the kids bolt like this is free agency? I mean, I'm all for a one-time transfer. I'm all for a non-sit-out for a one-time transfer. Because, you know, whether it's because as an 18-year-old you realized you made a wrong decision, like Ryan just talked to, you know, he expects a lot of transfers in college football just for that reason. Or because your coach leaves. I get that. Your coach leaves. And in this case, you could argue for Matt McClung that, oh, well, Beard left. Well, that wasn't his first program, though. Um, you know, Or maybe even because you want to pursue your grad degree elsewhere, somewhere that's got a better program, or you just kind of want to one last change of scenery, whatever. That happens a lot. It's been successful for a lot of guys. Russell Wilson comes to mind. But aside from that one year, I say no more of this two or three transfer business. I think I saw the other day there's somebody in the portal that's going to be in his seventh year in like his fourth program, including um, JUCO. It's ridiculous. It's not good for the game. It's notably not good for the players who should matter as the NCAA calls them student athletes. All right, moving on to our tee up of the week. Ryan and I debated this a little bit. We didn't have anything off the top of his head, so I'm going to take it, and you know my favorite topic. So I'm going to take the whole thing. I'll tell you who, and I'll tell you why. And the who is my favorite governor in the land, Gretchen Whitmer. She locked this state down harder and longer than most and at a big cost to kids in particular. Yet she has the gall to come out this week and ask youth sports, school-sponsored or not, to pause at least two weeks, preferably longer, with threats to do so herself otherwise? Come on, really? You're going to do this again? You did it right before the state finals for high school basketball. These kids who already jammed a long season into a short period of time just to get some games in. As if your her harsh decisions haven't contributed to the latest surge in the state, get out of here. Youth sports are not the problem. Let them play. Get out of the way. We never did, and certainly less than ever, need you to mother him that out of us anymore. All right, let's go around the world. Starting as always with spot number one. We got lots of different topics this week, so we'll have a little bit of fun bouncing around. Ryan, the first major is under our belts, and it was a fun one, um, as April and Augusta usually is, first of all, because it's just a drop-dead gorgeous course to look at on TV. What's your take on the 2021 version of the Masters, and how did your foursome from last week fare? Yeah, uh, you know, what a great weekend it was uh, down in Augusta, Georgia. Uh, like you said, probably the most beautiful golf course in the country, maybe even the world. Um, you know, I was glued to the TV um, from the Thursday morning until the final putt dropped on Sunday afternoon with Hideki winning. But, you know, it was just a, it was a good weekend overall. Um, you know, lots of guys showed out. Um, they had something to prove. Other guys did not. I'm going to start with... Mr. Par 67, Bryson DeChambeau, who shot a 77 on the first day. So what's that, 10 over par on your first day there, Bryson? Not too shab or not too good for you there, buddy. Um, and he didn't play well all weekend. I mean, he had the third moving day. He played decent, but um, Sunday kind of 
spit up on his shoes again, uh, not playing well. And, um, you know, his style of play just does not match the finesse needed to win at Augusta, obviously. Um, so that's kind of where he's at right now. Uh, DJ and Brooks really struggled. Um, you know, they didn't play good, missed the cut. Um, DJ, I expect a lot more out of him um, after winning it in November. Uh, Brooks obviously coming off injuries and surgery, so maybe let that slide a little bit more, but he's one of the best players in the world, and he struggled mightily, um, which wasn't great. Uh, Phil had his moments. I named him as my dark horse. I mean, finished even, um, you know, had some good moments and bad moments. I mean, he's, he's getting up there in age, so, um, you know, just it's not a surprise that he didn't. wasn't towards the top, but he also knows how to play that course, obviously winning it three times. So, um, you know, he, he was right there in the thick of things or for a little bit, but, um, you know, Justin Rose had a great first couple days and then was really average at best um, the last two days there, finishing about even. Um, after going seven under on the first day, I thought he was going to blow the blow the crowd away there. But, you know, Spieth, uh, I think he's getting back to his old self. Um, you know, he's gaining confidence again, which is really good to see. He's so happy. I mean, he had a couple rough holes there on Sunday and then picked it up at the end. I mean, he's looking good. I'm, I'm very happy and golf should be very happy as well that he's, he's getting back into it. John Rahm, what a Sunday he had, uh, charged up the leaderboard 66, uh, six under par there, getting back up into the thing. I think he's has like uh, something like 15 straight rounds at Augusta under par or better, which is pretty unbelievable considering how hard that course is. He's bound to win one here soon. I mean, he's a great player, a bit of a hothead, but you know, he's he's an up-and-coming player for sure. Um, Will Zalatoris, uh, happy Gilmore's caddy back in the day. Uh, he might be a budding star. I mean, he's like 6'2", 160 Spicoli. pounds. I mean, the guy, Owen Wilson. The, the guy could blow over in a stiff windstorm. I mean, but he, he hits the ball well. He played really well all weekend, really, and was just in it till the end. I mean... He what even a second I think yeah second yeah. solo second second's he was solo, un, second, really unflappable for a rookie that's for sure sometimes you know maybe being a rookie no expectations uh, yeah. makes a difference for you yeah I guess. definitely not afraid of the moment which is really good out of the Wake Forest grad um, you know Xander had his great moments uh, I that's I think I said he was going to win did I not I, I can't remember but I think I might have said he was I think he might have um, he had great moments and then he had terrible moments like the double bogey on I think it was three. Hacking it around, and then obviously takes a triple bogey, bogey six with the tournament in doubt, and that proved to be the the killer because Hideki finished at where he was there. And even if he just takes a bogey, then he has a different mindset going into those last couple holes. But this guy's he's bound to win something as well. I mean, he's he's great. Um, aside from those two lapses there, um, credit to Hideki though, man. I mean, he came out firing after that del- rain delay was absolutely dialed in, attacking pins. I mean. The, that slow stop there at the top of the swing helps, I guess. I mean, he didn't look back after that rain delay, and credit to him for not folding. I mean, some stuff went wrong. Obviously, went long there on 15 into the water. Could have been a disaster. Saved, saved bogey there, um, and, you know, and now he's a hero for Japan. Credit to him. First Japanese major winner. Um, saw a picture of him from yesterday flying. Uh, he's in O'Hare, and he had his green jacket just sitting on the seat next to him at the airport just waiting for his play which is kind of funny but uh shout out to Hideki for a great um Masters weekend uh looking forward to the next few weeks here RBC this week and then um PGA coming up in a little over a month down there at Kiowa Island so that should be a fun one 
That might be about the time that we're yeah, down there, we're actually. Be down there, yeah. Nice. You know, I, I think my only, I've got some stuff too, but my only thing with Hideki is maybe it was part that he's just that humble. Maybe it's just that he doesn't understand what the hell's going on because he speaks Japanese. I mean, he tried try to give a little bit of English in the final interview. Clearly, he, he can hear it and he can respond to it minimally. Um, that kind of makes it a little harder. I'm reminded of... Uh, Oh, it was a U.S. Open winner years ago, Argentinian, I believe. Kind of the same thing. Didn't speak the Cabrera. language. Yeah, Cabrera didn't speak the language. It takes a little, I mean, it's unfair to say, but it kind of does as a fan. It takes a little luster off because you really want to kind of get in their head and, and know what was going on, um, you know, when things are just blowing up in front of you um, just to, just after you got past Amen Corner. So a um, couple other notes for me. First, a fun fact. Saw this today. Dustin Johnson is now the tallest and shortest Masters champion. Did you know that? Because he's 6'4", so he's the tallest, but he also only held the title for five months, thanks to the quick <laughs> November to April turn. Um, as for my foursome, I had Spieth, T3, JT, T21, Finau, T10, and Shoffley was my dark horse, tied for third, uh, not bad. Uh, and man had that supposed flushed eight on 16, not a hit at wall of wind. I might have had a winner and put some coin in my pocket on FanDuel too, but... That's another topic for another day. Um, speaking of Xander, hats off for his gracious interview, RE the implosion, um, in, afterwards with Amanda uh, Bellionis. By all accounts, he just caught a tough break. I mean, may, well, make that two because he sailed the nine iron, a third shot on 16. You know, he went from storming back from six or seven down to in the hunt, only to end up oh so close, but no winner's circle. Happened a lot for him over his, his career, but he's young. I think he's that close. I like his approach afterwards. You know, you can't change what it was, right? You can just learn from it. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of Brendan Quinn, BQ, and his golf coverage and Michigan State coverage on The Athletic, but I felt he was a little too harsh on Shoffley for claiming, you know, he hit the wrong shot at the wrong time yet again. I mean, I get it. At first, that was kind of my indication as though he just hit the wrong shot at the wrong time, but... You know, who am I to say sitting there on the couch that, you know, um, a drawn eight iron is, is you, know, you know, be better or worse than a cut nine iron or whatever the case may be. You know, it's easy to say from the easy chair. I thought it was a tough read of the wind, and that's one of the beauties of this course, and that's why it throws people off. And it's one that's cost many a player on the back nine on Sunday, but usually it's at the par three twelfth instead of the par three sixteenth. Um, you know, speaking of the grace that he had, tip of the cap to Hideki, you know, at first, uh, I didn't love his lack of emotion. I think, you know, he did kind of limp in big time and he bogeyed the last. But, you know, finally the tears hit kind of as he walked off the green. And the rest of it is what you'd like to see. I did love the now viral video of his caddy bowing as he put the pin back on 18. That was a cool move of respect. Probably gets a little bit more play than actually Hideki's reaction. You know, and we've had some vintage ones, whether it's you know, Tiger fist pumps or it's, you know, Phil getting a whole t two inches off the ground when he finally broke through and won a major. I, I did miss that, that. I feel like that's something you often see, that kind of emotion out of Augusta. Missed that a little bit, but still tip of the hat to uh, Hideki. Opposite of Grace, Ryan kind of talked about this. Um, you got Bryson. Look, you know, a lot of people like him, his style, his game. Me, no, I'm not a fan I'm a fan of skill, not overpowering the game. And I mean, I get it. He has skills, obviously. He won the U.S. Open, and he can chip and putt and so on and so forth. But you know what I mean. Um, he also says some stupid shit. Notably calling Augusta, as Ryan said, a par 67 back in November. 
Uh, does that mean you were really plus 25 for the weekend then, Big Bry? Uh, come back when you can respect the game and perhaps its most famed course just a little bit more. All right, spot two. Let's change gears and talk a little NFL. We haven't done that in a while. The draft is just a few weeks out. The top 10 has had some shakeup. Any big takeaways so far? Where will the Lions go? What's the next big pre-draft move? And can Michigan State make it 81 years in a row with at least one player drafted? Think about that. 81 straight years. I don't believe any school has a longer streak or nearly as long a streak. So I'll go first here. Um, you know, we'll get way more into this the week before the draft. Maybe we'll even have a draft special. Um, but some good things to ponder here. Shakeups did happen a few weeks back. Um, it's been a little quiet since then, um, which tells me we're not quite finished. I mean, you hear murmurings as, you know, are the Patriots going to do something big to get a QB, so on and so forth. Um, big moves, of course, saw San Fran moving all the way up to the three slot to presumably get in position to take a quarterback. Um, and hopefully not one as injury prone as Garoppolo. Uh, the Jets didn't move, but did move Sam Darnold. So you know QB is coming there if there was any doubt. Miami moved back into the top ten with the Philly trade, but they might, or but might Philly want back in? Miami's kind of bounced all over the place because they traded originally with San Francisco for that three spot. Um, uh, I'll predict we're not done, and there will be some blockbusters on the day of. Think the movie Draft Day. Um, as far as the Lions, I you know I think they could and need need to go a lot of places. I mean, everywhere, all the way to kicker. Um, you could presume they may see what Goff brings for a season or two before going quarterback. Next year isn't as rich there, but it also doesn't have three top ten value wide receiver picks on the board either. At least at this point in time, um, I can see the Lions going here and praying it's more Megatron than Charles Rogers or Mike Williams when they did three receivers in a row back in the 2000s, early 2000s. Um, if not a wide receiver, I say the Lions move out and stock more picks. That's that's kind of my gut. Um, it'll be interesting to hear what Ryan will say here in a minute. Um, as far as Michigan State, the cupboard is pretty bare for the Spartans in terms of draftable grades this year. There are half as many viable options. Three is what I've been reading this year than last. I think there were about really seven viable draft options last year. And it was dicey last year for Michigan State to get somebody picked. And they had Josiah Scott, I think, went mid, mid-draft mid and then they didn't have anybody until Kenny Willickis at the very end. Um, I do think cornerback Shakur Brown has some of the raw talent NFL teams want in a corner, although he's a little small, 5'9 and 3 quarters. Um, he does have, no, no most notably for a DB, a short memory. He does not let getting burned hurt him. Um, unfortunately, we saw enough of him getting burned. He made some big plays too, but... Um, I do think he keeps this astounding streak alive. I think he's got about a third, fourth round draft grade. I don't know that he'll go that high, but I could see him sliding in there in the sixth round or so. All right, so that's my take. Ryan, what's your take on the lead up to the draft? Yeah, obviously moves, like you said. I mean, Darnold being shopped, no no, um, surprise there. Surprise it was to Carolina, honestly, because I thought that they were keen on Bridgewater and then coming, maybe getting fields or something there. Um, with their pick, but yeah, I mean, obviously there's going to be more moves, um, you know, been quiet for a few weeks here now, so I'm guessing there's probably something in the works, um, you know, I've heard rumblings of the Patriots trading up so they can draft Justin Fields, wouldn't be surprised by that, but also they just re-signed Cam Newton, so this could be an interesting and confusing thing here, um, you know, the Lions, I think, I think you hit the nail right on the head there, um, I think that they have a lot of 
a lot of viable options here at seven. I mean, they can they can get a nice wide receiver. They could potentially steal Justin Fields. They could get a good tackle there in Penny Sewell or Rashawn Slater. Um, they could get Micah Parsons, or they could trade down to, say, 16 through 20 and get more draft picks and get someone that they probably could use, a guy like Micah Parsons from Penn State, or Rashawn Slater might even drop there um, as an offensive tackle. So I think the Lions have some really good options. I like what they're doing right now in free agency, targeting guys that um, you know kind of fit the bill, the bill of what uh, Coach Campbell wants. And um, I think that's really good, um, you know, but I've got really nothing else. I mean, I think Michigan State will continue the streak. Shakur Brown, um, he's been graded out pretty high by some. I mean, Mel Kuyper's really high on, high on him. Naquan Jones is a guy that I think could earn his way up there, maybe a late-round pick, um, guy that's big, strong, and has proven that he can do some different things there uh, inside um, on the D-line, also Antoine Simmons might be a dark horse to get drafted with his athleticism and just pure talent, um, tackling, and kind of knowing football really well. So uh, that's what I've got for the NFL. And definitely we'll dive deeper into the draft uh, here in the coming weeks. For sure. All right, spot number three. Told you we're going to bounce around a little bit. For Hoops fans, it's always basketball season, baby. Um, let's take a quick run around the past week from coaching changes to the portal, players declaring, etc. Ryan, what are your takeaways from the week that has been? Yeah, you touched on it. Uh, one that was surprising, Mac McClung is, has entered the transfer portal and the NBA draft uh, without hiring an agent, leaving it open to return to college basketball. Not sure where he's going to go. Um, you know, I think he'll be a hot commodity. Um, great player, obviously, um, but it's a little flaky. Obviously, it will be his third program in four years, which is interesting in itself. Uh, Sean Miller finally gets canned. Uh, don't know where Arizona's going to turn next. I've heard Damon Stoudemire, uh, Miles Simon. I've heard um, who some Tommy Lloyd, I believe, from Gonzaga, their associate head coach. So different options Tommy there. Boy? Yeah, Tommy Boy. But, uh, I think that, um, you know, Arizona, this is a job that might not be as intriguing as it was before due to maybe NCAA sanctions. Uh, obviously, Sean Miller was a shady guy. Book Richardson as well. So who knows what's going to happen there. Should be interesting to see how that shakes out here in the coming weeks. Um, Alabama, I've noticed, has not slowed down the transfer portal. Um, they've gotten some impact guys here in the last few weeks as well as Arkansas. So those newer SEC coaches, um, and Eric Musselman and um, Nate Oates, are making moves to try to get impact guys right away that can change your program. I think they're doing a great job of that. Um, Aaron Henry just declared for the draft yesterday. No surprise. I don't know if he signed with an agent or not, but I'm guessing he's going to said he's going to yeah. remain in the draft. Um, could be a late first round pick, early second round. So, congrats to Aaron on a great career with Michigan State. Uh, Thomas Kithier entered the transfer portal today. Of no surprise, um, would bet on Michigan State going after a big in the portal. I believe that's what I read on Twitter. Uh, said that. They're not going to hold out for a certain five-star that may reclassify, that they're just going to try to get a guy, maybe grad transfer, uh, big. So that would be really good for Michigan State. Um, you know, Michigan in the last week has announced, or Michigan hasn't announced, but players uh, Mike Smith, Shawnee Brown, and uh, Austin Davis have all said that they will not be returning to Michigan. So sorry, Michigan fans, for Bye-bye. for uh, hoping that your roster of 30 would stay. But um, <laughs> that's not going to happen because that's not legal in the first place. So, um 
yeah, Juwan, you might want to check your counting there, bud. You can't have more than 13 scholarship players, and you were about to have 25. So hiding players and would've cakes. Would have been great. Uh, Adam Miller, a guy that I don't, we, I don't think we talked about him last week at all, but he's in the portal. He's going to be a hot commodity here in Kentucky for him. Uh, Garrison Brooks from North Carolina entered uh, late last week. He's going to be a hot commodity as well. I mean, four-year starter for UNC. Uh, big guy, put up good numbers. Um, Armand Franklin, uh, Virginia is an intriguing one there, I think he fits their system really well. Could be really good. Indiana's best player from last year, aside from TG Dett, TJD, Trish Jackson Davis. Uh, Cincinnati finally fires John Brennan after one season uh, for some misconduct, we'll call it. Um, you know, very, very interesting things going down there in Cincinnati. Uh, they need a massive overhaul and uh, just a total culture reboot. Um, I mean, after... Mick Cronin left, you can tell that he kind of brought that toughness culture and maybe that did not stick around, obviously. Uh, so, yeah, just college hoops. I mean, the transfer portal, obviously. I see John Rousey tweet all the time, a picture from Spaceballs, and says, we break for nobody. I mean, there's it's not going to stop until probably right up into the season. So keep an eye on that. We'll definitely talk about that. Um, you know, obviously, coaching changes um, should be few now, but I mean, surprises happen all the time, so we'll see there. And then guys declaring more and more in the in the coming weeks as the deadline approaches. So, yeah, especially as the NBA starts firing coaches, that's when you get a little bit of that carousel going again. Um, you know, Ryan kind of touched on a few of these things, but another, another Miller is out, which tells me, given he really had good success at Arizona, and Arizona is probably minus UCLA the best job in the Pac-12. Um, the Wildcats have got to see the sanction writing on the wall. Then again, Kansas gave Bill Self a lifetime contract, and Will Wade isn't going anywhere at LSU, so I don't know. Uh, but my gut says Arizona goes with a former cat to take him to the helm. Um, I heard a name early. I haven't really honestly followed that closely. He hasn't been anything too new in this, but my money's on Luke Walton. has some NBA experience, played for Arizona. Um, I think he could be an interesting, good fit there. Um, I talked... Portal, obviously, at the top of the pod, but some facts instead of opinions this time. Although, first, holy, there are over 1,200 and counting now in the portal. 1,200. That just is crazy to me. And and like Ryan alluded to with the Michigan guys, there are guys coming in. So, you know, there's math there. Like, Michigan State really kind of needed Kith to go and Henry to declare to be able to bring in their other transfer plus these three guys and then maybe get another. So... I, yeah, some guys are going to be on the outside looking in, I think, at the end, and it's going to burn burn some people. Um, you know, in no big surprise, given his limited playing time late in the season, obviously, as Ryan said, Thomas Kithier has entered the portal. I, I do wish him well. I, I, he was kind of my whipping boy at times, although he also did some really, really steady things. Um, he was a very serviceable player, a heady player, but he just wasn't a game changer. Um you know, you think we talked about before, like we took him over Travion Williams. He was a game changer. Um, you know, and many teams in the Big Ten have a game changer at the five these days. Michigan State even had that with Tillman. Um, you know, I do love that this kid is going as a grad transfer. That means he graduated in three years and with a 3-7. I think that's pretty sweet. I mean, he could go to an Oakland or a high mid-major and be an impact guy because of his skills and his experience. It's not going to wow you with any athleticism, but... You know, and he's not going to be a scorer, but he gets people in the right spots and so on and so forth. 
you know, the question now is, is anyone else from Michigan State going to take off? You know, we've debated lawyer or not. I, I could see him sticking around being like maybe a 10 to 12 minute guy that just comes in as a three point shooter off the bench. If he's happy with his role, if he doesn't really care or think that moving is going to do anything great for him. He's pretty small, so it's not like he's going to buy himself time for the NBA. Um, and as he is, he could go play in Europe and have some success. So, um, you know, but for Michigan State, that's three so far. Uh, plus Aaron Henry is declared for the draft, which... I think is the right move for him. You know, some people will argue that. Uh, I do think the player that I would compare him to in some ways, skill-wise, is Draymond. I know a lot of, you know, is compared um, Tillman to Draymond. But I think, you know, size-wise, at 6'6", Henry is a is a Draymond-like guy. You know, he's got the ability to guard multiple spots. He can get to the basket. He's got nose for rebounds, ability as a passer. And he doesn't need to be... The first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, eighth scoring option. So I think he could be a good fit somewhere. Um, sticking into Big Ten, yeah, you know, Ryan covered it. Brown Davis Smith out at Michigan. You know, their fans were hoping that they'd bring in this class of, you know, 52 freshmen plus all these grad transfers staying. Don't work that way, guys. Um, it, Ryan talks on this one a little bit too. You know, in the portal news, I use coaching hire. You know, was we talked about that, I believe, last week. It was a little bit of a dud for us, but... Minus a couple of the older guys that are really going as grad transfers, the younger ones in the portal are all going back to Bloomington. Um, that bodes well for Indiana as there are some skilled dudes there, plus Trace Jackson Davis. Um, it'll be really interesting to see what they're doing. I think they're setting themselves up with a good assistant coaching staff, kind of like Michigan did. Could could bode well down in Bloomington. And so. also got pit transfer Xavier Johnson, who averaged about 15 games. That's right. Last Another year, good so pickup for them. That's yep. a big, big get for them. Yeah, right. Carolina saw a third big hit the portal, Ryan. I think you've mentioned it. Um, Garrison Brooks, I think it was. Yeah. Um, and the most coveted one, Walker Kessler, who was on the athletics list in the top five when he originally came out, is headed to Auburn. So there's another SEC school, an A school in the south, Alabama, Auburn, Arkansas, uh, loading up. Um, Kansas took an L today via the portal with former five-star freshman guard Bryce Thompson going that direction. It just keeps going and going and going and going, and I don't know if there's a cap on win. I don't think there is. So it'll be an interesting few weeks with NBA decisions looming and transfers um, landing here or there. We will stay on it. You can guarantee that. All right, spot number four. A little different, but you know we love – Mount Rushmore on the show, and we love movies. We're going to do a little uh, a dive into both uh, to give you our respective Mount Rushmores of sports movies. So we're going to do a little different. Usually I pick four, Ryan picks four, or vice versa. We end up with two or three the same because we are father-son. We like a lot of the same things. No surprise I've introduced him to all, a lot of these things in his life, so of course those are going to be the things he gravitates towards. But um, I'll start by saying so many incredible choices here. You could go true stories, you could go funny movies, you could go anything in between. Um, I guess Ryan and I are going to have some of the same, so like I said, we're going to change it up a little bit. We're going to go with a snake draft. Once a movie's gone, you can't pick it. Right. In the end, we'll uh, agree on four. That covers both of us. Is probably Captain wants to join the game too, I guess. Um, so we'll do this uh, snake draft style. So I'll go... First, and I'm going to go super obvious if you listen regularly or know me at all, and I'm going Hoosiers. I could flat out watch it every day, all day. It's the single greatest sports movie, maybe greatest movie period ever made. So that is 
my pick number one for my Mount Rushmore. Ryan, you get the next yeah, two picks. Yeah, uh, that was my first pick, so uh, I'll go with my second, uh, Miracle. I uh, can't get enough of this movie. Um, you know, just the sheer just drama in the movie, um, depicting the greatest upset in sports history. Um, you just love all the characters and how they progress throughout, and it's just a great story um, following 1980 U.S. Olympic hockey team in their gold medal in beating the Russians, so... Love that one. All right, what's your next pick? Yeah, my number two, I'm going to have to go with Remember the Titans, also in a movie I can never get enough of. Um, you know, just the Gary Bertier and, you know, just all that stuff, man. I just, I love it. It gets me going, um, especially during football season. I have to watch that before every football season, so I go there. Yeah, good. two good picks. I kind of figured you might go there. I had those on my, uh, my runner-up li- <coughs> lists uh, just in case you stole one of mine. Um, so for my second pick, I'm going to go with Sandlot. Ooh. Timeless, classic, funny, relatable, especially for me since we had a lot just like that at that age. I mean, we literally in the in kind of the midsection of our subdivision, we built a dugout. Some parent tore it down, but regardless, we were always scrounging for baseballs that we would lose. We had pickup games all day, every day in the summer. Um, so that movie totally relates to me. Uh, it just, just a classic. Um, let's see. So for my pick number three, I've got my list of other ones here just in case too, but so I get to go next here. So for mine, I'm going to go golf here. And one we both picked as the best golf movie on the last pod, the greatest game ever played. Ryan, what are your third and fourth picks? Yeah, for my third, uh, we're going to go, we're going to stick with your baseball thingy here, uh, Moneyball, um, Brad Pitt, Jonah Hill. I mean, just great story there about the A's and how they kind of figured out how how uh, walks and just getting on base is just a thing that helps you win, um, which is really cool. And uh, for my last one, uh, I'm going to go with Little Giants. Uh, let's go back to football. I've always loved that movie. Um, just It's just a classic to me, and I can't I, I watch it all the time still. So, You know, it's funny. We actually didn't have, uh, we didn't really have any uh, of the same. Um, although there's so many good sports movies. And I can attest, Ryan would probably wore through like three VHS tapes of Little Giants when when he was a kid, and I think we might still have one good copy left if we can find a VCR. Um, so for my last pick, um, a lot of good ones are off the board. I've gone hoops, I've gone baseball and golf, so it's got to be football next. Um, for me, it's got to be Rudy. I know he was offsides and all, and it's the Golden Domers, <laughs> but it's still a classic underdog story, and I'm all about that all the time. So for me, my original four was Hoosiers, Sandlot, greatest game ever played, and Rudy, Ryan's or Miracle, Remember the Titans, Moneyball, and Little Giants. Um, plenty of other good movies to watch. Another, let's throw some other movies out there. Trouble with a Curve, the Rocky movies, not Rocky 5, 6, 12, 15, but Rocky 1 and Rocky 2 Glory are Road. classics. Glory Road, Blue Chips, Blue Chips exactly. Caddyshack. I mean, that's more Tin comedy really than that. Good. Tin Cup is great. We Are Marshall. I know Ryan doesn't like to watch that because of the plane crash idea, but that's really a good movie. Um, you want a good baseball movie, The Natural, um, with Robert Redford, The Rookie, Semi-Pro, Who Can Forget, Will Ferrell, and that do. Um, I mean, there are just so many great sports movies we could go on and on and on about this topic so you want to weigh in on it give us your mount rushmore throw it up on twitter at the final score 35 all right we teased a guest in the open and now it's time 
The only regret is this isn't over beers and in person, but we'll save that for another time. Today's guest was hired by his alma mater, I believe it was your alma mater, in 2011, after an eight-year run as an assistant coach there. This year, despite a crazy sprint instead of the typical four-month marathon, he led his Forest Hills Northern Huskies to an 18-2 record and a berth in the D1 Final Four here in Michigan. We've known Coach Souls dating back to Ryan's AAU days with the West Michigan Lakers and are excited to get him on the pod to talk about a few things from a coach's perspective. Coach, welcome to the pod. Andy and Ryan, thank you very much for having me. Uh, certainly a pleasure to hear both your guys' voices again and be able to connect. <laughs> yeah, we need to do this over beers next time, I think. But uh, uh, I definitely am good with probably a beverage now that the season has uh, come to a conclusion. I have a, little, I have a little free time, and I'd like to get out and kind of enjoy a normal life for, for a couple weeks. That would be nice. Normal would A return to some but a normal would be great. Uh, uh, it'd be awesome. All right, Ryan, um, I'm going to let you get us started with the first couple questions for Coach. Yeah, so Coach, again, congrats on the Final Four. Uh, what was that, I mean, what was that like just making it to the Final Four? I mean, that's that's awesome stuff. I mean, obviously it's been a crazy, hectic year, but like, what was it like, just the journey kind of getting there? Uh, it was certainly a journey. Uh, with these with the senior class of Ethan Erickson, Trinidad Chambliss, uh, Ethan Morello, Cole Reinbrandt, Danny Gutierrez, Nate Casterline, and then you throw Gavin Fisher in there as another senior. It was a long time coming. This is something that these seniors they had talked about, and as any as any class would come through and say, "Oh, we want to go to the Breslin. We want to go to the Final Four. And you go, "All right, guys, that's high aspirations. We understand that, but it is such a tough journey to get there." And then you talk to a lot of players and a lot of coaches who sit there and go, we just want to get out of the district or we just want to get to a district finals because our school or our program might not have done it in so long. So we, we had to lower the expectations a little bit when this class came in to say, get better every single day. That's all we can ask. And we go from there. And then obviously, you know, 14 months ago, the world kind of, kind of goes crazy around us. Uh, but at the end of last year, we went 18 and four. We're in a district final against Rockford, and the world's you know kind of shutting down. And we didn't have a preseason. We didn't have the summer camp. We were very fortunate that we had a senior laden group that had played a lot of basketball, not just at the high school level, but in AAU. And they they worked out on their own. They did what they needed to do. And as the season started, it was expectations right from the get go. We're one of the best teams in the area. Let's prove if we're one of the best teams on the west side of the state and go from there. And even as a coach, you're kind of sitting there going, oh, can we even get out of our district? Once we got into the Forest Hill Central game where we were able to, you know, kind of handle them, which was a very tough task, we sat there and we knew we had a very good possibility. And you could feel a building momentum. Even in the, the Grand Haven game was very rough and tough. And, you know, an okay red opponent, opponent that you guys are, are very well Absolutely. aware of. They play a very, very hard-nosed style. Even in the Zealand East game, we're down 16-2 to two, seven minutes into the game, and it's like we're dead in the water. There's no way that we're, that we're going to be able to do this. And there was a supreme confidence from these seniors to say, we are going to make this work, and we're going to find a way. The journey was phenomenal. We, we really haven't even talked about being at the Breslin Center uh, or even the game. It was the journey that took us to that game, the practices, battling through covid battling through an everyday uh, scenario where you just didn't know what was going to happen. 
And then finally, you know, we, we got on the bus to, to Breslin Center. We just said, enjoy this. Enjoy every minute of it. Take it, or bring your phones in. Take a couple photos and then get down to business. And, you know, Grand Blank was a, was a worthy champion. They, they went through the gauntlet the last couple of weeks, and I thought we had a chance to take care of business. But it's, it's truly in the journey. You can give as many coach-isms as you want, but the journey was phenomenal. We have a, we have a lot to be proud of. Oh, absolutely. That's one heck of a season, I'd say. That's that's a really impressive. Especially. I remember, you know, Ryan's senior year uh, at Rockford, and it was no sleep till Breslin. To borrow from uh, the Beastie Boys, no sleep till Brooklyn was kind of the theme. And it's such a long shot, especially when you're in old Class A, you know, now Division One. I. I mean, there's so many good teams with college-level talent. It's That's a tough task, and sometimes the dominoes have to fall a certain way. I know I, I know I was personally rooting. We had talked on text a little bit for a little Rockford Forest Hills Northern, you know, rematch of what didn't happen last year. And Rockford got stung in the I who did they Forest Hills Central, just like Ryan lost his senior year. Um, you know, and you guys didn't get that chance. Uh, but just you know, that's just awesome to to hear about the experience. So you know, when we talked about you lost out on that chance last year. And I know the year before, I think it was triple overtime. Maybe it was in the district semis that you lost to Northview on kind of a crazy tip at the buzzer. You know, so you, you a lot of carryover probably with even still some of these guys. Um, you know, the season was far from normal, obviously, as you talked a little bit. And you've gotten into a little bit. But the question that we get a lot from our listeners is, you know, can you bring on a coach that can tell us what it was like to coach during COVID? Just on a day-to-day basis, you know, what were your biggest challenges? What were your obstacles? Maybe what were some things that you found that you're like, hey, I could adopt this for the future, COVID or not, because it actually worked? The biggest obstacle and the biggest mental hurdle, I think, that I went through from a personal standpoint, not really with the players, is every time my athletic director called me, I just wondered what was going on. And in my my AD, Corey Anderson, and I, we have a great relationship uh, we love to joke around. We, we love to poke fun at each other and we'll get each other riled up. But you just, you always sat there and you looked at the phone and, and it was really for both of us. We kind of sat there and goes, oh no, what's going to happen? Right. What's next? Because with all the contact tracing, with all the things that were happening in the state of Michigan, and then in your own public school system, you go, it, all it takes is somebody on a bus, somebody that went out to dinner when restaurants opened back up. It, it was the most minute things, and you were just scared and terrified, not so much for yourself, but for these kids and for these student-athletes on both sides. They wanted an opportunity to compete, especially when you saw all of the uh, all the other states surrounding us that got a chance and were able to do it in a positive way. You kind of always asked why, and our mm-hmm. biggest thing that I always asked was, how can other states pull this off, and we can't right now? And as a coach, you go, well, I'm a thief. You know, how can we steal from what they're doing and take that in to be better? So that was the biggest thing. That was my biggest personal hurdle uh, on a day-to-day basis was going through that. For the kids themselves and really my staff, we never made a big deal about it. Uh, Obviously, when the season was about to start, the girls kicked off and they had their first week and then all of a sudden were shut down. We told the boys and we said – when our number is called and when our time is called, we'll go from there. We did Zoom meetings, which I thought actually was the one benefit of everything, is you found a new way to relate to the kids and you forced them to speak a little bit. Since we were not in a group think setting, you had to sit there and say, all right, X, Y, and Z, you need to speak. To, you know, put your, 
put your phone, you know, on you, take your screen and put it on you and tell us about your day. Tell us about what's happening in your life. I think that's the one positive that we'll probably put into the summertime a little bit this year. If we're not, you know, if there's no other regulations that are put, we will, we'll probably have some zoom meetings. It's a little bit more efficient and that's all, that's what we want. We want to be efficient. We still want to have that personal relationship, but for a lot of kids who are in the summer have, you know, football going on, soccer, golf, uh, basketball, cross country, whatever they might have, family trips, work. This is the chance where you can say, "Hey, here's 20 minutes, and let's have a let's have a quick little group meeting," uh, especially with the parents as well. So I think the efficiency of communication in relaying to kids was huge. That's the one task I'd have on it. But we we never made a big deal of COVID. We never sat there and tried to control something that we couldn't control. And John Dolcier, my former athletic director uh, who hired me in at Northern, longtime athletic director at uh, GR Catholic Central, control the controllables. So I think if we would have made a big deal of it as a coaching staff, I think the players would have made a huge deal of it and it would have always been on their minds. We told everybody, mask up, do what you need to do, and let's, let's practice and play games. Yeah, I mean, it sounds similar to, and Ryan can speak to it better, but it sounds a little similar to what we dealt with there. And you guys are at least fortunate to get all the way through to the championships. I mean, I think Ryan's team got 12 games in. They usually would play at least 26. At least they got Calvin in their last time they played him. Ryan had a good finish. You know, they got at least play the MIAA championships. But I, I know I just even as the parent communication guy um, for Hope, I was always dreading that text from the coaches who would tell me, hey, Andy, this is what's going on. Games postponed, games canceled, or logging into athletics.hope.edu and seeing it was postponed. You're like, oh, no, not again. It's already we're not even having a half a season. So um, love that, though, the control the controllables, you know, kind of do what you can do, which is, you know, make the best of it. That's all you really can do. But interesting to hear about that from, you know, the perspective of, you know, when you're trying to put together and you had guys that were aspiring to be uh, a championship team, you know, that's really cool too. So Ryan, I know you had another question for, for coach. Yeah, coach. So how is your job as a head coach different today than it was when you started and, and what piece of advice would you give to a coach that would kind of jump into coaching right now as like a younger person? The first thing that you have to uh, talk to yourself about is you, you have to understand it has nothing to do with you. It has nothing to do with your staff. It has everything to do with the student athlete and what their experience is. And you have to understand what their experience, what they want for that experience. Uh, you, you go in and you go, all right, I'm going to come to this school. I'm going to create this expectation. We're going to win this many games. We're, I'm going to turn this around or I'm going to continue to build on the success. That's the wrong way to look at it. And I, I was pretty fortunate to follow someone that had, quite a bit of success at Forest Hills Northern and Steve Harvey and everybody goes, Oh, that's a tough act to follow. Well, continue that momentum, but make it your own, but make sure you understand it's about the student athlete first. I think there's a lot of coaches that have gotten into coaching. <laughs> it's never for the money, but they always kind of sit there and especially with the age of social media going, Oh, I can promote myself. I can promote what's going on. I can make this about me in the minute you do that. You have no self-satisfaction, you have no self-worth, and you're always battling for something else, and you're always craving something more. And I think that's the number one thing I can give. There's so many guys that have great X's and O's, 
I, I don't have all the X's and O's. There's times I forget stuff. There's times I just I don't understand, so I have to sit there and either review my notes from previous seasons or I have to ask my assistants what they what their thoughts are. At the end of the day, you build those relationships, you make it about the kids, and you say, hey, we're, we're going to go to battle and we're going to have a we're going to have a great season one way or another, whether we go on 20 or 20 and 0. And the minute you go away from, Hey, this is, this isn't about the kids. It's about me or, or my staff, you're going to have issues and, and it's not going to be worth it. Yeah. You know, I, I think a good example where you would be familiar with that I could go to for that was and a little different because it's AAU, but was Ryan's 17 U team for the Lakers that you helped put together you know, that group of kids and what they wanted and what they, you know, you saw them come together then as a group, which is super rare in AAU when it's a every man for himself type of thing, which as you alluded to for a lot of coaches, it's a, I want to get started and I want to get noticed so I can go be an assistant in a big school. And then I want to be a head coach in college. Um, it's for the wrong reasons, but when it's for the right reasons, lots of good things happen. Like you get into the final four this year, like that Lakers team back a few years ago, um, and that's what brings us the joy of hoops, and that's like March Madness, right? It's the emotion, it's the, it's the what the guys put into it, not the individuality of things, but the the team atmosphere of it. Yeah, to piggyback off that, it, it truly, I think, where my evolution came from is really my first couple of years. I mean, you, you, nobody wants to be criticized, nobody nobody wants to to read negative things either about themselves or the program. I think that a lot of that is human nature. So I was always a aspiring to go we need to do more we need to be more we need we need all this positive influence we need to win games and and we were very fortunate to win some games and then it became how do we make these student athletes better and how do we make it an enjoyable experience and all of it will come for full circle and then you start to tap into the student athlete just like your guys's aau team that 17u for the west michigan lakers what is your grand scheme what is what is your end goal in this if you guys all want to be the man, then it's not going to work. If you guys all want to be a great team, you want to have an enjoyable experience, you're going to go to the school and you're going to go to the next level that makes the most sense. You are who you're recruited by. And I think everybody kind of figured that out uh, down the path of going, maybe I'm not a college basketball player. Maybe I'm a college football player. Maybe I'm at the NAI level, D3 level, D2, whatever that may, might mean. And some guys have also said – Maybe I'm not. Maybe I don't want to do this. Maybe I want to go into being a teacher or go into business or go into whatever you might aspire to be. And maybe college athletics aren't wasn't for me. So I think understanding that and having a little bit more of a, uh, a uh, an inward self self feeling, I think, really really helped, especially with your team. Uh, and that's why you guys had so much success, and that's why you guys still staying stay in contact with one another. Yeah, which is Absolutely. which is cool. So, you know, Coach, we really appreciate you jumping on with us today. Congrats again on a phenomenal season. Uh, I'm thinking we'll have to have you back on for sure, maybe just to tell us some more good stories, maybe join us for a golf course review. I know you're probably down for that. Uh, before well, you, <laughs> I, I am definitely up for golf course review. I'm up for telling some great stories. That we, there's certainly, if you do this long enough, you're gonna have some. That's right. All names will be all names will be blacked out. <laughs> That's the fun part. Some names are fun to throw out there. Like I still I still enjoy telling uh, how uh, that that Lakers team beat Zion Williamson in front of a lot of D one coaches when they looked at us up and down and went. Mm, that's seven yeah. white guys and an Asian kid. There's no way, <laughs> you know, just stuff like that. But we'll we'll definitely have you back on for that sometime. 
Um, before you head out, we end every pod with our version of In My Day. You can't say it anymore, but it was called The Suicide, so I still go with that. Um, for Ryan, a.k.a. a long first, or for you, a line drill, or um, as we call it, a sprint. So we'd love to run uh, you to run through your thoughts on these non-hoops questions real quick with us, and then we will let you go. Um, if you got a chance, I know it was your final four weekend, but what was your favorite Masters moment? Favorite Masters moment was actually, this is this is so cliche, uh, I did not see a whole lot of it, but it was the end when the caddy of, uh, of Matsui bowed to the golf course and, and just as a total respect to how great that golf course was. I, I just thought that was brilliant. Yeah, that was super cool. All right, music while golfing, and if yes, what genre? Uh, you guys are going to kill me on this. I have a very open-ended music catalog. Uh, that my that my wife criticizes me for. I'm, hey, I'm with you. I'm uh, with I go you. about a minute into every single song and go from there. Now that's um, Ryan. Of course, <laughs> yeah. It's oh, it's awful. Whether it's the car or the golf course, uh, usually it's Eminem. Eminem, nice. nice, interesting. All right, walk or ride. Ooh, tell you what, if I had it my way, I would probably go nine holes of walk in another nine holes of in the cart, but. Because time is of the essence, 18, I got a ride. Yeah, you got two little kids at home. All right, finally, I know this. you'll be up for this one. Go-to beer during, or if you wait, right after a round of golf. It can't be, well, you know what, if it's a beer, it's probably going to be Coors Light. But most likely on the golf course, it's going to be a Tito's and Lemonade. Nice. We'll have to give that a shot. Well, Joe, thanks again for joining us on the pod. We will definitely have you on again. Enjoy a little bit of downtime. Enjoy your time with your wife and kids now that you're crazy sprint of the season is done you um it's great talking to you and we will talk to you soon awesome i love what you guys are doing this is this is fantastic thanks coach all right that was a great segment with uh coach joe souls and so now ryan we got to of course get our answers in the sprint what's start with you favorite masters moment yeah i'm just gonna go with what i talked about the top spieth getting hot and showing the world that he is indeed back Nice. Uh, music while golfing, if yes, what genre? Yeah, uh, big on that. Uh, country or some old school, some 80s rock maybe. I, I like that. Yeah, you can tell you're the son of me. Uh, walk or ride? Uh, you know, I, I like doing both, but like like Joe said, I mean, I, I'm going for ride um, just for time constraints and can get a little tiring walking around. So That's a better way to hold your beer, your mm-hmm. phone with exactly. your music and all that kind of stuff too. And now that you're old enough, go to beer during or right after a round of golf. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Lining Kugels Summer Shandy. Oh, good, good choice, one. good choice. I'm going to have to try Joe's Tito's and Lemonade, too. So my favorite Masters moment, I talked a little bit about it, honestly, it was how Xander handled himself post-round um, with the 16th hole meltdown question, um, all class, all the time. Music while golfing, definitely. Um, you know, I am a traditionalist, and it's interesting, when we were members at a club, there was a lot of debate on that. Some guys were starting to do it. You know, the old school golf guys were like, hell no. Um, I like it. You know, you got to kind of keep it to a dull roar, certainly. But um, I'm going to go with a definite yes. Um, usually for me, it's my beach deck chill country playlist that's got a little bit of other stuff mixed in there. Um, that usually kind of keeps it down to a dull roar. Walk or ride. Actually, I love to walk. And I usually play better, too. Um, there's definitely some benefits to riding and I would never walk more than 18 in a day. So I'm still, still spry enough to play 36, but not walking. 
Uh, my go-to beer during the round or um, after golf, which is another reason why you need a cart so you can have a cooler of these instead of slinging them on your back like I did once when I was in college with an 18-pack of uh, Mick Light in my bag with ice leaking out. Um, Chris will know what I'm talking about. Uh, I'm going to go sporty and refreshing beer here. Not quite Mick Ultra, but my standby go-to is Miller Light. All right, thanks again to our guest coach Joe Souls for joining us on the pod this week. We will definitely have him back just to chit chat. Um, for those around Grand Rapids that know high school basketball at all, he has been on TV on the radio a lot because he's a great conversation uh, and we really enjoyed his time here today on the show. Ryan, hit us up with your final social media reminders. Yeah, so just a reminder, follow us on Twitter at the final score 35. Uh, keep giving us what you want to hear. I guess you might uh, think would be good on the show. Um, yeah, just thanks to Joe for coming on. That was a great interview. I'm glad he could jump on with us and definitely have him back on. Uh, you know, just thank you for listening. We appreciate you guys. Uh, keep this thing rolling. I think this is 16 or 17. Uh, 17. Yeah, I have a guy right here. So 17. Um, we want to keep this going for a while. So thank you guys. We appreciate it. Yeah, and that's it for this week. Uh, we're looking at Monday or Tuesday next week. Kind of depends on the schedule. We'll just go with the flow now that we're not beholden to anything in particular. No shortage of topics. We've got spring football winding down. MSU's got their spring game, I believe, next weekend. Uh, NFL draft talk heats up. You got the NBA, NHL, Major League Baseball in full stride. Golf season obviously is on like Donkey Kong. And there's always room for college hoops chat. As Ryan said, share your ideas, your likes, your dislikes, etc. via our Twitter. Thank you again to Joe for his appearance and to Team Anders Realtors, our presenting sponsor. Learn more about how Team Anders can help you with your realty needs at teamanders.com. Meantime. If my dog was as ugly as you, I'd shave its butt and make it walk backwards.